<clears throat> Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, ladies, and gays. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're having a great day whenever you're listening to this. Um, I am so excited. I got a chance to watch, and by the time you hear this review, or this interview, pardon me, uh, the review for this movie, uh, Balloon Animal, will be live on the channel. Um, I've got uh, two of the people who are the most involved with said film. I've got the star of the film. I've got Catherine Waddle here. Catherine, um, hi. Good to meet hi. you. Hi. Hi, I'm good. My my last name is actually Waddell. Oh, it's Waddell. Oh, that's Yeah, cool. no worries. Uh, no, thank you so much for correcting me. Uh, so Waddell, <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, I'll remember that. And then we've got the writer and director of said film. I've got uh, M. Johnson here. M, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Nice um, to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time. So uh, I watched it yesterday. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 a and I mean this is a compliment uh, to you specifically. And it's it's a hard watch at points, um. but I but 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 I also appreciated how like how do I put this? It felt like you were as you're writing. You're like how how much can I make things uncomfortable in certain moments? And I really appreciate that because. When, there's this there's this one point where Poppy's talking to her dad about just, you know, going for a walk. And just the more that that scene went on, the more I was just sitting there going, I would rather be anywhere else than here right now. <laughs> so, like, was that an intentional? Um, was that an intentional decision as far as how you want to portray the relationship? Or was that just something that you kind of fell into as you're writing it? Um I I think uncomfortable situations are just natural um, and they happen way more than you might think. Um, and especially in this scenario where we have two characters that don't really see eye to eye or they're not on the same page and they're trying to communicate. Um, it's it's like a power dynamic between the two of them in that scene. Um, and so it is uncomfortable and it's hard to watch because um, you don't know who's right kind of um it it can be it can be difficult to choose which side is right quote-unquote right um so i think it's important to be able to show flaws in both characters um but also like correctness in both characters as well or like like points of view that are just different um for both but it it is intentional to have those moments and um, I'm glad it came off that way. I think, yeah. I think if you if you have an emotional reaction to anything, um, I'm doing something right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as um, before I throw the Catherine, um, I I was really happy that you did this because this is I've been doing this for a while, and one of my biggest complaints about female written directed led films um, is that sometimes there's bitchiness for the sake of bitchiness where like there's a conflict with the female relationship that doesn't need to be there whatsoever and yet it's just kind of thrown in because it's such a cliche uh-huh. and I really like that Poppy, um, Wala, and Sadie the relationships never come to cross like that. It feels like they actually are there for each other and wanting to build each other up. Being the writer and everything on this, like how important was it to portray the female characters like in that light? Um... I think me and Catherine can both speak on this where we both really value female friendships in our lives. And there have been female relationships that don't pan out the way that you want them to. But then there's also been female relationships in our life that have really stuck, stuck it out through, you know, the times. And I feel like with these characters who have 
grown up together um, and have just been so tightly connected for so long. They're almost like siblings more so than just friends. And so while they all have like different perspectives on their like life and their worldview, um, they they also have conflicts and, and how they communicate um, and, and how information is revealed. Um, but at the end of the day, they are there for each other and they see each other. And I think in sibling-esque relationships, you're not afraid to confront somebody about something, which is also important in this, where the female characters, they have directness and bluntness that I don't think comes off as um, like bossy or rude or cruel. I, I think it comes off as, um, I don't know, like almost sadness in a way um, or, or just a, a, they want to understand each other, but it's just not reading right. And that's why there's the conflict. Um, yeah. It always felt like it came from a place of love when they were doing that. Uh, Catherine, mm-hmm. can, you, can, you, can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, I would say it also goes back to like the first question of what you guys just talked about, where it's like different viewpoints where like none of them in the friendship are wrong for their reaction, right? So it's completely okay that Poppy wants to leave the circus and it's completely okay that, you know, maybe Lala is a little confused, but willing to keep the secret. And it's completely understandable why Sadie would erupt at the party and be embarrassed and overwhelmed that this was just dropped out of nowhere, you know, for that sibling lifelong friendship relationship to, you know, seemingly be coming to a quote unquote end. Um, And I just, I would speak as creatives that Em and I are not a big fan of cliches, or if we are, (laughs) like, you know, if we are going to do a cliche or if it's unavoidable, how can we spin it on our head? And, um, I agree with you that drama for the sake of drama uh, is not necessary. So it's like, you know, one thing we were really trying to get at is that this is an intimate family. This is a real world. You know, the audience is popping in for one week to see what's going on with them. So how can this feel as natural and realistic as possible? There's not going to be any, you know, misheard over, you know, uh, understandings and stuff like that. Yeah, I I always found Poppy to be, like I, I liked her evolution throughout the story because from early on and um, the portrayal of uh, Ilya um, as your dad, I thought was just perfect. I loved we to play off each other. Kind of talk to me about what he brought to the table. And then was there any hesitation or any sort of roadblocks that you kind of found as you're trying to portray Poppy? Um, well, speak to Ilya first. I mean, he's amazing. Like just as a performer and as like a human being, he's just like so kind. He's so supportive uh, of the film, you know, especially for someone who's sort of like way more successful than the rest of us, you know? (laughs) So he's just like so willing to throw himself in and, you know, Em and I would say like from the beginning, we knew it was going to be him from the second we saw his audition. And it was kind of like, Oh, this might be just like literally perfect because he, is able to capture that naturalness in a father figure where you're looking at someone who, um, yes, is overbearing and is too strict and maybe invasive, but there's also a softness to him that is also valid, a vulnerability. Yes. Um, we do see like the cause that the mother leaving has left him with, like the wound, the open wound and how he's handling it. Um So once again, I think that just goes back to, you know, there are layers to characters and they're not all good and they're not all bad. And especially when you're exploring a power dynamic, it's not always that simple. 
Um, so he's amazing. And, you know, like I said, he's a professional, so it was so easy to perform with him, you know, so wonderful. He just is ready to go all the time, you know, especially with M allowing us to improv a little, it was also added a natural tinge to it. Um, but yeah, portraying Poppy. I mean, I've been with Poppy since the beginning, you know, so M and I have been working, started writing this or started writing this in 2000, the end of 2018. Oh, wow. um, and she would, you know, go and write a draft and then bring it to me and we would read it together and discuss and edit, you know, and we did this for like a year and a half. Um, So I've had her in me for a long time. I've had her in my brain. I've had her in my heart. I've been working on her for a while. And um, I just think, like you said, she has a really strong journey that makes sense to me, that is valid to me. And maybe she doesn't always get it right when she's trying to, you know, go along that path. Um, but I mean, I personally think she's, she's amazing. I think I'm wrote a really wonderful, wonderful woman, young woman. So I, I do have to check you on one thing. Uh, it's talking about the whole su- success aspect. I mean, you two did co-find a, a film studio. I mean, that is something <laughs> like, let's, 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 let's put some respect on your name a little bit. Um, and, oh, thank you. and, and, and in that spirit, because um, the Oscars just happened, obviously, and that's, it's, a whole other thing but um but as far as um uh myself one of the movies i loved last year was something like women talking i remember going like wow that's a like not an easy watch but that's that's one of those movies that needs to exist for the two of you when it comes when it came time to go we want to go ahead and launch a film studio how how important is it because i mean i think this is the first this is the first film coming out of that uh, coming on your old studio, right? This is is this from okay? Yeah, we have an in association on another film, but this is our first like everything us film. Okay, so how important was it? Is it for this to be the first one, and how important was it for the two of you to have that conversation? Because I mean, that's a leap. I mean, it's an important leap, but that's a leap. So how like how did the conversation kind of come about, and why was is this film like the first film? Um, speaking of both those points where there's like a part of it that's, you know, logistics, um, in creating the film company where, um, we had a lot of people, um, producers and, and just friends that are also in the industry kind of guide us. Cause it was our first time, you know, really being at the helm of a giant feature like this, um, and kind of guiding us on how, um, uh, logistically it would be best to, um, use money and funds and, and distribute things for, you know, bank accounts, whatever. So logistically, that was one of the reasons why we felt that this was necessary. And then on the other hand, we built this company because we have a strong perspective on what needs to change in the industry, I guess you could say. Um, It's it lacks a lot of women. And it's funny, because I feel like people don't really see that it lacks a lot of women, because you know, there's so many actresses that there's so many you know female focused movies like roles for women to you know explore stories and stuff like that but another major point in our company is to focus on women behind the camera as well uh, bringing them into leadership department positions um, and just giving more women access in that part of the industry which is severely lacking in um, women and this film at least for me when we discussed it early on, we wanted to play to our strong suits. So I write really good drama, slice of life, coming of age types of films. 
And Catherine felt that she would excel most in that type of role as well. So we really just were playing to our strengths. And we felt that this type of film was a great launching off point for our company. Uh, Catherine, yeah. What about what about you? Yeah, I mean, everything M said, I also know like our company, you know, besides just like the women aspect, you know, M and I had been creative partners or at least working together on films for like, what, five or six years before we launched First Bloom Films. I th- yeah, 2016. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. we had been working together for like a really, really long time. And we had had similar experiences about also just like specifically how we're treated on set. You know, we had worked from being PAs to being directors, to writers, to co-producers, to executive producers. And the lower, quote unquote, you were on set, you know, um, Mm. the bottom of the rung, the worse we were treated. And it just didn't make sense to us. And we just really couldn't stand it. And, um, you know, there can be a lot of ego and pride and creativity and art. Absolutely. And we were just like, this sucks, because I feel like I'm working just as hard as anyone else. But because I have a certain title, I'm treated like hot garbage. So like I said, when it came to what we want to change about the industry, we just really shared the same ideology of like, man, wouldn't it just be great to like go to set and like not be nervous that you'll get yelled at that day? Like that would be super nice, you know? So that has also worked its way into our philosophy and how we try to be leaders in the industry and how we try and lead our film sets. I love that. Um, I, I, I mean, I'll say myself, one of the big things as far as female representation, I mean, directing is probably the one that immediately jumps out to me. And when I was doing my little bit of research, that was something that made me happy in your kind of your mission statement was to put more women behind the camera. Because when I think about female directors and how few, like, how do I put this? There are female directors, but the the, the prominent ones aren't featured nearly as much as, you know, the, the, the male featured side. And so seeing that that's such an important thing that you two want to change was something that made me really happy. Um, as far as the representation behind the camera, you know, this this being more of a coming of age, you know, slice of life film, are there certain genres that you're like, there's less representation here, we should go here first? Because when I think about something like horror, not a ton of female, you know, directors in the horror space, but some of the best performances in the last decade um have been from you know from from actresses in in the horror genre so are there certain genres you're trying to go ahead and kind of put your stamp on uh put your stamp on first or Hmm. um i mean i a majority of the things in my repertoire are mainly drama um however i have interest in horror i have interest in thriller um i love both of those genres me and Catherine are you know horror fanatics in the way that we want to see a good horror film so we will go to the movies and watch the horror films and see if they compare or or they're new or they're fresh um because it's you know hard to make a good horror um yeah yeah, it is (laughs) it I I think I think the Babadook was written by a woman um which I remember watching that and I was like this is a whole new kind of horror this is so cool um and I feel like horror would be a great genre to test out or even just do I mean it's not it's not even testing it's just to do it um you shouldn't be able to like have to limit yourself when it comes to your creativity and, and where you want to explore um so I 
while I do feel like my strong suit is that drama genre, um, a lot of people are, you know, testing drama in thrillers and testing drama in horror and, and doing genre switching and stuff like that. So I, I think everything is up for grabs and I'm totally open to, you know, exploring those genres. Catherine, what about you? I would also say that like something that Emma and I, and I'm sure if you read interviews in the past, I say this all the time, but I think it's important, (laughs) is that uh, Emma and I also consider ourselves like audience members first. So we will like never stick ourselves in a corner to never leave because we like (laughs) all types of films. And so like how Emma and I approach filmmaking is like, what do we just feel like doing? (laughs) Like, what sounds fun? What would we want to watch right now? Um, What idea came to you as you were falling asleep that's just super genius? And now we need to write it down and put it in the vault because we want to do it. You know, Um, I also think we're talented enough to do whatever we want. So it's just a question of when will we do it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, speaking on the, on that front, I think I saw that you guys uh, that you two have like four films in development. I think I I think I read that on the website. There are four films listed that are currently in development. Yes. Okay. So, like, what? Yeah. What genres are those kind of in? So the one that we're both working on most right now, um, that one is a thriller. Um, it does bring in drama elements um because obviously that's my forte so um it is dramatic but there are very intense thriller moments within that um and then two of that one of them is drama just straight up drama um actually two of them are i think dissonance and fry are both just drama um one's like a family drama and the other one's like a religious drama oh Um, okay yeah and then the other one, I think Donna Isabella, that's a period piece and possible biopic. Um, it okay. depends on it depends on our ability to do that. It might just be inspired by. Um, we haven't really explored that one's probably the furthest down on the list of things that we have talked about. Um, but it's something that we're very interested in doing. And so um we've started the planning process of like doing that but okay. not like full on yet <laughs> fair enough a uh, couple more questions for you um i was really intrigued by um so Catherine, this is I'll, I'll start with you on this did you actually learn you actually learned how to to do the balloon animals right is, is that that that's all that's all you right no that's a stunt double Oh, I feel so deceived. <laughs> no, but well, I mean, it's great filmmaking then. That you yeah, can, no, I you learned, got me. <laughs> I learned how to do it to a degree, but it being an art form, uh, it would be impossible. It, it would be like, it would take me like four years to learn how to do it. But I had a balloon animal making kit I um, that I got off of like Amazon <laughs> and I would sit here in my apartment and I would do how to, I would learn how to do practical things like tying off the balloon, making the balloon animal dog, you know, like the very simple, like beginner stuff, how to use the pump um, and all of those like sort of practical tips. And then of course the stunt double, Teresa, um, her and her husband, they own a company. His name is Seth, uh, own a company called Madcap Balloons and they're like balloon animal specialists, you know, they do the parties and all that kind of stuff. So I also worked intimately with them. Um, at the time it was over zoom because we were still, you know, in the throes of the pandemic, um, on how to do things like tips and tricks and getting their life story and their experience 
everything from like, you know, what does a, a, a usual day at a party look like to what their favorite, you know, balloon animal is to what do they hate making, you know, <laughs> um, tell me about your experiences with, you know, Karen's at birthday parties, like anything that you could <laughs> think of, I wanted to soak in to sort of embody that, especially because I knew I wouldn't be able to make like the koala. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, it was it was still fun. I still have the kit somewhere. <laughs> So, so I guess, so that actually goes into like one of my last questions. Um, why a circus setting? Because I was sitting there the whole time, like you, you could plug in multiple things here, but I found it interesting that you chose the circus uh, specifically. So Catherine, I'll kind of ask you as far as like how that was portraying it. And then Emma will ask you like why you wrote that specifically. So portraying it, it's like, I think kind of what you said hits the head on the nail where it's like, this is at the end of the day, a drama and a story about like a girl and whether it's her dad or her friends or like finding love. And those are universal topics and those are universal experiences. So it doesn't matter if that happens in the small town or the circus, um, the feelings as a character are the same. The feelings of feeling like you've outgrown something or you want to strike out on your own, uh, Anyone can relate to that, I feel. So for me, it was like, you know, my journey is one thing and my environment is another. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. M, why the the circus? (laughs) Um, So, you know, Catherine and I are also businesswomen, you know, owning our company and stuff like that. And, And one of the main things that we try and talk about when we are creating any story um, is what haven't we seen? Um, What's something new, something unique, something different? Because while, you know, this industry cares about just, you know, the writing in general and the story, they also care about how it looks and they care about what they haven't seen yet. And so if you can do something different, that opens people's eyes and and it kind of um, just broadens like the horizon for them. So I'm like, I think that the circus was different enough so that it was interesting, um, visually appealing and um, fun. I think it was just fun for us as creators to learn about us traveling circuses to really put us in the shoes of people that, you know, do that for their lives. Um, I honestly learned a lot. I did a lot of research myself. I watched a few few documentaries um, and read a bunch of articles about people that have grown up in the circus and lived there. Um, And it was just, it was good for me to like just see that world um and it made me more attracted to portraying it myself and just having fun so i think a lot of people look at it and they're like a circus movie but there's not that much circus in it um (laughs) uh true i guess (laughs) uh but like Catherine said it's a universal story um it the backdrop is just different um which i think is still great still fun still interesting yeah, and there is a lot of circus in it. I, I would just like to go. I think there's, <laughs> a, I, think, I, I think there's a good amount. Of it. All right, uh, two, two, two more questions for y'all. Um, you talked about the how this has been a process. How you've been writing this and writing it and writing it. What's the biggest change that you felt from where um, where Poppy started when you were in the writing process, like early on versus where she ended up for you? Oh, um. That's a good question because I like I'm thinking like years back. Um, Poppy has always been an independent woman. I'll say that. So we kind of came at it with her 
already being independent, her being more on this like passive side, I guess you could say. I do believe she became more confrontational and less like romanticized as mm-hmm. our drafts went on. Um, so more like a real person. I think when you're early drafts, you're always kind of just like vomiting everything and you're just like, what what sticks? Um, yeah. And as you like really crack down during like the writing process, um, you figure out the traits and the qualities that seem to fit the character the most. And while she was always an independent woman, I think it was mainly just finding her voice because she is quite a passive character and that turns a lot of people off. And she also has unlikable traits, which turns people off as well. Um, They don't like an unlikable woman. Um, They don't like an unlikable protagonist. So um, it was just finding out how to make her unlikable traits relatable enough um, so that people didn't um, excuse her or just uh, toss Mm. her aside. And it was finding, it's a fine line. (laughs) But we had so much time um, that we were able to really test out every option um, before really landing on this one. Yeah, Catherine, can you you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I would agree with Em. I mean, I think one of the things that we did a lot of drafting about was like going back to those cliches and making sure that like Em said, you couldn't write her off as a cliche. Uh, um, there is a draft. You know, we have a pretty open-ended ending. Like, it's it's up for interpretation. You know, um, you can sort of take what you want from that final diner scene b- between her and Drew. And we made it that way because, you know, there was a draft where... Um, she ends up she ends up with Drew in a more concrete way. And we were like, well, this is not a romance. And this is not really going to be a story of coming of age if you end up with the boy at the end in such a, you know, I'm leaving the circus and moving out with and moving in with my new boyfriend, you know? Yeah. Um, and it also felt quite like teenage. Yeah, that, it felt too aspect. young. Because um, she is 24 in the movie. So it's like it's coming of age at an older age um because you can strike out on your own at any point and i think that also like it also came about in in the editing room and obviously i wasn't in the editing room but i can speak to you know the things that em would tell me so like the final confrontation between um dark and poppy late at night or early in the morning at like 3 a.m there is a version where poppy is sobbing the entire time you know but there but the version that ended up making the film was where she had holds her ground a little more is a little stronger you know and um Em and I talked about that and I was like, oh my gosh, I cried so much. I was putting my <laughs> acting hat on. Why didn't we go with that one? And she's like, well, we didn't want her to end up being the crying woman, you know, that just can't stop crying, which is another cliche that yeah. is you know, only impressive because she has, you know, a, a beautiful crying woman. And so it's the cries also just a little bit, a little and bit when it comes to losing her father. That's the part that makes her emotional. Right. So it's just, I think like what Em said, it's like being true to her independence while also trying um, to find a more confident voice and uh, a more realistic, relatable person that we can, that we can all like at the end of the day or respect in the very least. (laughs) Yeah. I I like the fact that she cried just enough so that you know that like she's hurting, but it's coming from a place of her loving her dad, but respecting herself enough mm-hmm. to take this chance and i think that's i think that's a hell of a balance you have to strike and i think you uh the way you played it the way you wrote it i think you nailed that balance perfectly especially in that scene um last question i'll, I'll ask both of you 
we're in this insane time where there's so much media. There's it's kind of overwhelming. Um, the film industry is changing um, at a very slow place, but <laughs> but it is it is changing for for women who are looking to get in the industry and just don't know where to start. Um, whether they're writing, directing, what have you, like, is there a piece of advice you were, you would give them slash maybe something you wish that you knew before you got into all this? Like, yeah. Any advice that you'd like to give on that front? Um, I think the most amazing thing that I ever did for my career was meet a like-minded individual in Emma. Um, this work can be so isolating and it can be so disappointing and hard sometimes and finding someone, whether that's that, whether that's a creative partner or like a film community in general, or just, you know, your favorite director to work with or your favorite producer to work with where, you know, your time is valued, that your mind is valued, that your talent is valued, um, that when you go to work with them, you're working in a happy place. I think that's the best thing that I've ever done because um, I've been through the weeds and I have found a film community or film family that I love working with and that I can rely on um, and that it makes those harder days easier. And so I would just say to like women out there, it's just like find your film family that believes in you and the things that you believe in and you share ideologies and and stick with them. I love that. Uh, M, what about you? Um, coming from like a writing perspective, I think a lot of women out there feel like they need to tell stories that could only be done by a woman. Um, and when I say that, I mean, just like female issues in general. Um, but I think there are so many other stories that you're missing out on. If Mm. you only focus on stories that just a woman can tell. Women can be in so many situations. They can do so many things. They can do all of the things that men can do. Their perspective is different. And that's what's interesting. And so you don't have to focus only on the things that women go through, but put them in the same situations, in the same rooms as men, and just write their perspective on it. I think people are missing that a little bit um, and only valuing the things that women can do, but men can't. Um, and I think there's so much more untapped potential in stories if you focus on just a woman's perspective rather than the actual physical situation that a woman can only deal with. Um, not saying that those stories aren't amazing. They are. I just think that this industry as a whole can really see women as more than just those situations and focus on them in any situation. And I think with Balloon Animal, it's a very simple story but it's shown from a female perspective and that's what makes it good it's not just because she's a woman dealing with women things she's Mm -hmm. a woman in her environment and reacting to it yeah i absolutely love that answer um and well said by the both of you and thank you both so much for making the time to come on i really appreciate this this was so much fun uh before i let you two go if you could please let my audience know where they, uh, where they can find out more information about the two of you, about Balloon Animal, about, uh, yeah, t- please, please tell us all the things. <laughs> so we have an Instagram, which is at Balloon Animal Film, where you can find all the updates. You know, we are gearing up for a release. So we have lots of fun little tidbits that we're releasing every day. We also have a TikTok, which is 
what is it? First Bloom Films. <laughs> First Bloom Films, where we're, um, you know, our creative genius M is posting a lot of cool little videos. Um, M has Instagram as well. It's at go, or I always say go Emma because that's my nickname, but it's at, at got Emma. That's Instagram. And then I have Instagram as well, and it's at catg.waddell. Also, if you live in the Los Angeles area, we will be, once it's closer to the release date, um, we'll be doing actual physical things around the Los Angeles area. So if you um, live in the area and you want to, you know, come by, drop by, um, get a QR code from us, get a little treat from us, um, follow the Instagram because it'll have all of the details once it's closer Mm -hmm. to the release date. Yes, we'll be giving out balloon animals oh, for spoiler. free. Spoiler. <laughs> um, seriously, though, um, Catherine M., thank you again so much for making the time. Um, I can't wait to get this uh, interview up so everyone can listen as well as the review. I'll definitely let you both know when that's live. But again, thank you so much for making the time. Um, best wishes to both of you. And I can't wait to see what uh, film you guys make next. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you for so having much. us. Agreed. Yes, take care. Bye. Bye.